All right, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. I'm Nathan, and uh, you can find me on social media at NoClutchNate, and uh, I also have an Instagram where I take pictures of my action figures because I think it looks cool. That's uh, That handle's called Clutch Figures. Go check that out. <laughs> and uh, my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows uh, with a Z. And uh, With a Z. What are we doing today? We're doing with a Z's. With a Z's. I am not a Z's. Please don't <laughs> mix me up with that. Uh, what are we doing today? We're doing minute eight today, and um, this minute starts out with uh, with Jor-El uh, emerging out of the, uh, the the Genesis Chamber pool with the with the Codex in his hand, and it ends um, with him telling you know Easy Haraka as if uh, Haraka has has a wound on his uh, on his neck there, which he does have a wound that that it looks like he sustained an injury in, in the escaping uh, of uh, of all the the commotion. He says, "Yo." Be easy. Yeah, take a chill pill, man. Yeah, We're almost there. Get I know you're bleeding. But, but yeah, but I mean, think about it. It's like his pet. You know, he's probably he's really like, upset. Dude, I spent so much money on you. Man. I genetically altered you to be the most advanced thing on this planet. And I didn't even give you armor. And you're injured? Seriously? Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably didn't even think about it being, you know. Well, its name is Warkite. Is that what that means? Haraka? Haraka? Yeah, Warkite. Warkite. You would think it would have armor. You would think it would not be a bitch in combat. Nah, yeah. Well, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> I feel bad for him. The look on his face, he's upset. And, you know, he saved him. So so it's all good. So be easy. Yeah. Life quote from Jor-El. Jor-El, it's gonna be, be on easy. His, uh, on hey, <laughs> hey, take a chill pill, Haraka, and be easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this minute, it starts with... um. So as soon as he gets out of the pool, and yeah. Then he gets like basically cornered by one by an of attack ship, yeah, yeah, by uh, an attack ship of the sort of Rao. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, no, I, I, I assume that it's probably the Sapphire Guard because right as he removed the codex, but it, no, it says the uh, alarm went off. But he says in the in the name of Zod. Hey, oh, no, does he? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, I, says, oh, man, now I'm... In the, in the name of uh, General Zod, hand over the codex. Okay, so yeah, okay, so it is a sort of route. All right, uh, cool. So that means... Which uh, different... This part, that, that part actually was the one that I was talking about in the previous minute. It different. It's different from the book, from the novelization. Um, through him escaping through the Genesis Chamber, he's actually being chased by a bunch of Aquabots and, like, fighting him off and stuff. And uh, once he gets to the top, it's... um. It's actually just more Aquabots that are, that are there, and and you know they're still trying to attack him. Versus the sort of Rao. I can see him fighting some Aquabots in the in the pool mm-hmm. being still cannon, but I guess yeah, when he does come out here, it is it is the attack ship, mm-hmm. and this means that Zod knows what the Codex is. He like he is aware of all that stuff, and he wants it too, or. He just doesn't want Jor-El to mess with it. He wants it too, because like he said in, in the previous minute, he want he wanted to can take control of the Codex to weed out the degenerate bloodline to, to make Krypton survive. I don't think he necessarily had a plan. Uh, I don't think he was going along with Jor-El's plan to, to go and colonize another planet. I think he was still trying to fight for Krypton. Um, but yeah, um, unless he did, uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe he was like, "Hey, he's right. Uh, I do have scout ships that have Genesis chambers on them. I'm going to take the Codex so I can constantly do it instead of just, uh, you know." I, I assume that the Genesis chambers are uh, 
they don't have any you know fetuses in them little, little embryos for, in them for me yeah. i thought he was just going to try to save krypton and not leave krypton if he if he got his way which is my assumption as well so i feel like either way it would have been but either way he needs that codex because that is krypton's future that is how to save krypton apparently so he he needs it he knows what to do yeah to, to weed out degenerate bloodlines that's maybe that's so his he, vision of saving krypton is just to weed out degenerate to make bloodlines it pure and and then it blows up a couple days later yes because that's really not the issue um that's... so yeah they're, they're they're they fire upon him and uh you know well before that he actually looks over the edge and and we see a lot of yeah stuff and, that... and the look on his face is oh man can i survive this nah i'm gonna say something that uh we've been saying for a long time now yeah <laughs> it's uh definitely something that reminded me of another film franchise that we keep uh reminding ourselves of uh-huh um but before i get into that i <laughs> i did not know until watching this minute that there was a giant part of krypton that i was not noticing um and that was the city down below that he stares at when he looks down yeah um over the cliff and i had to rewind and i paused there and i, and I watched just that split second over and over again and i realized that there is moving traffic that a lot of there was a lot of detail down there that we barely get to see and i was it amazed me because i was like wow there is a giant there is krypton's metropolis down there like kandor i guess when i saw it, i thought i always thought kandor was just the spires that yeah, were high lit, towers yeah. big building skyscrapers that's what i thought kandor was for the longest time mm-hmm. and i realized that's where uh, i mean now we know so that we've been talking about like the general populace and stuff of Krypton or mm-hmm. Kandor, what's left, and that they're down there, and I didn't notice that, and it's it was crazy, like it's so far down there, it's a giant, massive city. The buildings almost look Earth-like. Yeah. And then a couple seconds later, we actually get to see um, that the where those people live can also live upside down and they're like attached to the actual ridges that, yeah. that sprout from the ground and lift the, the high towers up and you get to see more um lights and, and stuff and like lights and, and buildings and inhabitants like yeah um living on the ridge as well as on the on the mm-hmm. floor where the actual crust of krypton is yeah so that that was crazy to me i i did not expect that i did not realize that that was how big krypton or kandor was and I didn't know that all of that was um, produced for the film, and I thought that was crazy. And one of those details that I really enjoy looking at this minute by minute. So uh, that was pretty cool for me. Um, yeah, it was cool. And I mean, even there's there, I have these pull up like concept art of a uh, of a uh, of, of the bottom floor of Krypton, and it's like this is almost like a you know their their Kryptonian armor suits and one of an armored guard if you know either sort of Rao or Sapphire guard. And they have, like, you know, they're, they're beetle-looking ships, but, like, it's all looking swampish kind of deal. Almost like it's not really, like, a street. It's, it's like, just straight-up ground. And it looks... They don't need to be on paved roads because it looks like most of their inhabitants is, is higher up. And it looks um, gritty. It looks yeah, it's really... definitely, like, trashy, almost. Like, the bottom level of a, of, of, a, of a planet that has 
most of its life up, up, up high. Yeah, it looks you know, uh, like a impoverished, yeah. a very pov- impoverished um, part of Krypton. And, yeah. and that's, I'm, I kind of wish we got to see some of that. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, with the Krypton show that they're doing for that. sci-fi, and if it is linked to Man of Steel, this would be really cool to see. Absolutely. Parts of this, uh, like this, I mean, maybe that's, that's where we're headed. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe we're going to see... Um, I guess maybe for the final 200 years, it is just life on Candor. Yeah. So that's cool. I want to see stuff like that. I really want to learn more about what's going on with just the ordinary folks of Krypton. Absolutely. And, and I what's think, going on in their mind. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe people have heard down to the grapevine that the world is ending and, and it's like this big deal that everybody's you know, And it would be and, cool and to them. see like their skewed uh, like their skewed vision on what like compared to what the higher ups are talking about amongst yeah. themselves, like oh, Krypton's dying. We need the Codex and all that, and it's this guy's skull. And it's like, what are they thinking down below? Yeah. Is what I said, uh, you know, last time about, you know, they're probably thinking more religious and faith based, yeah. and and oh, like, Rao will help us. And oh, they then. yeah, and they have like uh, your basic sheeple thought. Yeah. So that 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 I want to get into that <laughs> that stuff right there. It'd definitely what, be more interesting. That's what I want. Um, so, yeah. And then after that, he does just jump off the cliff. Yep. He, he just goes for it. And uh, I wish Haraka had a line where he says, uh, I hate it when he does that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I literally was like, oh, that's, uh, that's very Star yeah. Wars. So, yeah, he just jumps off the cliff. And sure enough, Haraka is there to save him. And I guess... Their only place to go now is back to yeah. the um, House of El Citadel. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool that right. I mean, when the ship ordered him to drop the codex, he barely looked over the side, and then they started shooting at him as if they weren't taking any crap from anybody. They were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they they were just like thinking like, yep, he's gonna jump." <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, you must. And he just does it, and they're still shooting at him as he's falling, I think falling, hitting you know terminal velocity. I think on Krypton, that gravity is far greater. He's going, man. Mm-hmm. I think there there are some films where they do this kind of uh, cinematic trope where they're like, "We got you surrounded," and the protagonist is like, "Well, I'm gonna do the impossible or the crazy and jump off." Don't the jump, and, and the, you know they warn him, and like none of them shoot at yeah. him. This guy was like, fuck that. He's like, as soon as they realized that he looked over, they're like, yeah, he's going to jump. Yeah, and exactly. Like, like, Yo, we got to start shooting him. So I think that's a good, um, just spin on that kind of cinematic trope where like Zack Snyder was like, come on, we can't. It doesn't need to be. Let's not make yeah. it campy. Like in a world where it, everything else is realistic with a man flying through the sky and shooting lasers out of his eyes and, and, it, and it's a realistic world. We should probably make Krypton more realistic. You know yeah, what I mean? And they were, more realistic as well. And uh, so, and someone that stole something as as ne- uh, you know necessary as as the codex or something as important, that's definitely something that people are going to go after uh, in a more hostile form. I think it it also adds a danger. You know, yeah. it makes you like, oh my god, you can get killed. Oh yeah. Like, oh man. Going I, back to the novel, that all they were talking about was everything that was going through Jor El's head, and he was you know wanting to stop and give up multiple times, but the thought of, of he himself is the only one that holds the hope for the entire, you know, civilization, entire survival of, of Krypton and its entire history. History, He's in charge of it, and he has to do 
anything that he can to one obtain this codex you know diving through all this genesis pool going through all the trouble of avoiding the aquabots and getting shot at by zod and and the you know the sort of row that it is such a great danger but he needs to do it it's it's up to him everything is up to him Mm -hmm. and it's definitely the look on his face at many of these points in this in this uh sequence no yeah i mean i agree i mean it's you don't see it in this which i think might be a shame um but it is cool to think that jor-el is literally fighting to keep this hope alive like yeah like i don't think um it doesn't translate as drastically as like where he feels like all hope is lost kind of Mm -hmm. but maybe but i feel like in this one he's just no matter what happens he's just constantly 100 percent about like I'm gonna go do this. Like, yeah. Like, mad- I mean, even if Haraka wasn't even there, he would have. Hope, hopefully, in his mind, somehow the Codex would have gotten to Lara. But, you know, what if he just landed splat on his face and that was it? Jorel, no more. Would Lara be like, "Crap, I gotta go. I just had a baby, but I gotta go run down to the surface of Krypton and get the Codex." I think. <laughs> uh, I think later on we see like Laura. Laura Van be the one that actually sheds doubt on the situation. Like, oh yeah, like definitely, that's what. Definitely. Like here, I don't see so much doubt in Jorah at all, but in the book, he's it, just determined it, as hell. Yeah, it just yeah he constantly he doesn't show it, so maybe that's the trick. Yeah. But in the book, it does in his mind. He it's like you do have doubt because yeah. this is a scary situation to be in. Like what you're doing is crazy, but you're about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something. That I think they make up for because they have Laura Van explain it or express it. So, but in the book, that's cool that they shed light on on his actual doubt on the situation because yeah. that makes things more interesting. It interesting. puts puts uh, it raises the stakes a bit. Yeah, definitely. And and creates more tension, which is why I enjoyed that that ship actually shot at him instead of it just being like, "Don't move, don't d- jump. don't jump," like <laughs> none of that. You're under arrest. Like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do it. And don't do it. Um, when we get closer to the end, and uh, so we see a couple ships right before oh, yeah. he's like, yeah. able to escape Kandor and head to the Citadel. Um, Warhammer? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a Warhammer. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, a, that's a game. <laughs> there's a there's a Hammerhead, and it appears to be a, a gunship, I, I believe, is a, is colliding with it. So the two of them are, are, are crashing into each other. And uh, you Are know, they are they uh, both on the Sapphire Guards? Or are they... Um, I assume the gunships were probably taken control by, uh, by, by some of the, uh, the Sword of Rao, um, enabled for them to get multiple, like, attack ships and uh and all that stuff you know i i assume and uh or you know maybe they they were just flying too close to each other and uh, one of them lost power and, and they ended up colliding i'm not entirely sure but it, it's a battle so i, I assume it's a uh, you know and are oppo- we, opposing sides are we assuming that because it's a coup is the sort of round meant to win this are they winning or because i don't th- well no one's winning really <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, think about it. The 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 Sapphire Guard is their defense system. That's that's their that's their royal army, if you will. Um, but I just didn't know if the Sword of Rao was was all this just the diversion. It was like we're not really going to win anything right now with with the aerial combat. I think and, it was the, the whole fighting. I think it was they needed to to stage a coup. I mean, think about it. You, uh, in in you know other movies when when people do stage coups, there is always 
you know, uh, uh, like a, not always, but there's usually like a, a rebelling force that, that is going up against a military. So, uh, the military for this reason is, or for the, in this instance is, is the Sapphire Guard and the Sword of Rao is, are the people that think that they're fighting for the right cause. Mm-hmm. But they, the coup happens and, uh, Zod goes up to the law council. I'm sure he probably ordered ships to take out their defense systems because, you know, he did blast the doors open to the law council and they shot the guards that were already standing there. So, so yeah, fighting. It's probably a, a gunship controlled by, by the sword. And, uh, yeah, that's what I think. I think ship by, by the Sapphire guard. And Cause I don't uh, think two ships from the same side would even navigate that close to each other. No. Yeah. Like they course. would know, Hey buddy, you're coming in too close. Yeah. Like stay, uh, that's just silly. You know, stay so many like meters away from the other or yeah. kilometers away from the other ship. And now if this was a comedy, that's a whole different page. That would happen. You have like the <laughs> there'd be a giant banana peel, and uh, you, you have know, they'd uh, be like whoa 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 whoa, you know, slowly hitting each you other. Have the and, uh, clumsy new um, wham, wham. admiral, like yeah. oh, this is my first mission. Yeah, of course, and she's you know beside herself, and and get you know the the chair gets knocked over, and and everybody falls Spill on top the of each coffee other. On the yeah, control everybody's panel. in a dog pile, and she's at the, in the bottom of the dog pile with her head poking up, and be like, oh shucks. And they're like, and then, you know, just stay yeah. back and and uh, hold the line for us, and they accidentally hit the hyperdrive button, and they run into another oh, yeah. ship, and that's what happens. So yeah, or I mean, maybe she was getting hit on by the cute copy guy, and uh, you know, she leaned back on the on the controls, and it was and the, it was the forward thrusters, and yeah. uh, you know. Womp womp. Or things were getting hot and heavy. Romantic comedy now. Hot and heavy. And uh, the girl finally has the, the control deck alone because everybody's uh, celebrating Frank's birthday. And, uh, <laughs> in the middle and, of the And Stephen from the copy room comes and he's making a move. So he's he's leaning in close for the for the old for the old uh, the old earlobe nibble and uh, you know big old Susie uh, big rump over here hits the <laughs> hits the forward thrusters as she's uh you know. You know, get, getting all, getting her groove on. Either way, it, it ended in the result of killing Haraka. Either so. way, I'm getting a little toasty in here. You, are you, hey. you feeling all right? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Haraka, amazingly enough, avoids the, the scrap and the, uh, the, the explosion of both ships colliding. Because, um, you know, he is cybernetically enhanced for navigation and, mm-hmm. and all. But um, he gets a little injured, upsettingly enough. And it's hard to see. It's hard to. I know they zoom in later, and like he's injured on the neck. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure if that was it. If there was more to him that got injured. Yeah. Um, because I when I it in a later minute. when I see it, well, the I next. It was, I think the next minute. Well, he has tells a, it to be. He tells. Yeah, Rock he says easy. easy, and then the next minute. There's a thing in the next minute. I'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. He's he's hurt. Haraka got beat the fuck I w- up. I was by like going through I'd, this. Two ships colliding, and he was probably like, "Yo, I'm gonna fly through this." And you know, Drell was like, "Oh, don't." This don't do is that. when this also might have been no, because they both show up. And I was gonna say this also could have been when when they lost uh, Kelix, because Kelix is actually with Haraka and Jorel at the time. But no, Kelix shows up later. No, Kelix they, is later because they yeah. um, they, she shows yep. the Earth yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say when we talked about haraka having the cybernetic implants and not and being like genetically mutated to be more advanced or something it really explained what i thought initially when i saw this was that so you have these gunships these tack ships these hammerheads like 
these are built to travel long distances. Yeah. And Haraka is basically just Jor-El's horse. Yeah. You know, he's like riding on horseback. And I wrote down, I was like, um, Jor-El's riding a horse in what would be a car chase. And I really couldn't understand, like, well, how's Haraka supposed to be faster than an attack ship? I think it'd be a horse in a cruise liner chase. Even worse. Yeah. So it's like, how is uh, how's Haraka able to outrun this? And, well, it's a movie. Um, or genetic implants that, you know, Jor-El, crazy mad scientist... Made, made him he better souped up his yeah. haraka mobile and he could have so much more advanced maneuvers you know yeah. avoid the attack ships avoid all these things but that was i mean these two Dragonfly ships colliding wings. and going through this narrow pass like that's that's gotta mess something up yeah no it's crazy and i was like you know all these other attack ships they probably run in you know like if you it's like haraka horsepower like this thing's got like 2000 haraka power yeah compared to the actual haraka itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i was like uh, i don't know if this thing could could really dodge a whole ship going that fast but but he manages it yeah so i'm just gonna chalk that up to crazy jor-el sciences yeah so why not let's see but you got anything else for this minute no that's it i mean it's you get a de- definitely a, a closer look at haraka he's definitely seems more uh more dragon kind of like not as not as aquatic i think as the this concept, nor what you would think i think this was the the minute that was supposed to be um like oh here's this cool haraka thing yeah which probably you know was like oh here's a cool toy idea to yeah. sell to kids because that that's part of the that's marketing marketing but yeah, it, it definitely is, and uh, I mean, I think a this cool was his name m- like that, Haraka. This was his. He's got to have a badass face. Yeah, whole concept. Yeah, it's everything. Dragon wings. Gills. It's like a dragonfly griffin kind of kind of deal. A Kryptonian griffin. Kryptonian dragon griffin. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got for this minute. So I guess yeah, I think uh, that's all I got here. We're too. gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute, but thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, do all that jazz. You can follow us on all social media at DCEU Minute. Um, so, yeah, go ahead and check us out. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here, and we'll catch you guys on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.